Hi everyone, and welcome to the 157th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and today, it's just me again. We continue to have scheduling issues. Turo was busy, Sabi was busy, I was busy. Uh, full disclosure, I am recording this, like, the the second this is supposed to go out, because I just did not have time. The past couple of days, I was actually in uh, Nagasaki City for a big... Uh, big conference of all the English teachers around here. It was pretty pretty neat. Got to stay in a nice fancy hotel. It was all good. Ate some shabu shabu, which is like all you can eat meats and stuff. So we got all you could eat meat, all you could eat beef. But then also at this restaurant, the shabu shabu place, there was also a buffet. And at the buffet, they had all you could eat pork. So, and, and like the whole deal with Shabu Shabu, if you haven't had it before, is that they just give you the raw meat and then they put a pot on your, uh, uh, like uh, in your table or on your table that's got like a, like a, it's own little portable sterno, you know, heating element thing that, that makes the water boil. And then you put the meat in the pot and you cook the meat yourself fresh, live and in front of you and you can just. Like, put in some sauce and eat it. It's great. If you had a Korean barbecue before, it's a very similar. Or similar concept, at least. But at least with uh, this, it's like, you know, in a in a bowl of, like, I guess a, a stew. You can, you can make a stew out of it, if you wish. We call it a nabe in, uh, in Japan here. Uh, other than that, uh, oh, I guess this is interesting. A little bit of background in Japanese culture. So in in Japanese, uh, the most common word that I hear for buffet in Japan is Viking. Viking. So Viking is literally Viking. Like Thor is a, a, a Norse god of the Vikings. That kind of Viking. There's a lot of weird words in Japan that are like originally from like English or other languages and it's not really clear how that got started. In the case of Viking, it is very well known how it got started. There is a lineage. So apparently the whole Viking thing started in the 50s where the owner of the I think I'm pretty sure it's the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo, he'd gone to like Sweden or something where a buffet would have been called a smorgasbord and he loved it so much and he wanted to bring it back to japan but there's no way in hell that you're gonna get japanese people to say smorgasbord so he was like all right what's like similar to swedish people but also has to do with food but the jap the japanese people would get and also be able to pronounce oh well there's this like movie about some vikings that's really popular right now in the 1950s. I don't know what it is. If you check the Wikipedia article on this, which that's what I checked. Uh, if you check the Wikipedia article, they'll give you the title of the movie too. Um, but yeah, they're like, oh yeah, so like Vikings. You, know, you can eat like a Viking. That's what we'll call it. We'll call it Vikings. So to this day, buffets in Japan are most commonly known as Viking. But these days you'll also hear buffet. Buffet. Because, you know, just a fun fact, uh, Japanese does not have the sound, uh. And I say, uh, as in, like, uh, up. 
or cup or umbrella that like short u sound that's like an uh yeah J- japanese just doesn't have that it also doesn't have an ah sound like apple or antelope or ants <laughs> why to go for antelope before ants i don't know but it doesn't have that sound either and it uh so basically japanese people oh man poor, poor japanese people they 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 mix up a lot of uh when they when they say english words they mix up anything that that has the sound of ah or uh usually gets mixed in with anything that also has the sound of ah well it all just gets mixed in anyway so moving on from there uh yeah so that's 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 been my life for the past couple of days hopefully that's been a a good japan update for y'all oh and and by the way we'll get into this will be a little bit of kingdom hearts related life update um, before we get into the pr- show proper. So in prior episodes, I talked about how there's going to be the, like, like this PlayStation festival thing. I, I found out it's actually called a uh, PlayStation Matsuri. Matsuri means festival. And it, there's going to be one in Fukuoka, which is not too far from me on November 4th, which is a Sunday. And they're going to have the Kingdom Hearts 3 demo there. It's looking more likely that I'll be there. So. Uh, according to the good old handy dandy uh, schedule, in theory, if I do go, I'll get to talk about it on the next episode. So, you know, next episode, you'll find out if if I went and if I played it. That said, it's probably the same demo I played at E3. So I guess at best, I'll get to give you guys some updated impressions. Um Maybe I'll get to give you guys like impressions, uh, my impressions of what I think of the Japanese question mark, or maybe I'll be lucky, like that one guy at that one music festival where they accidentally uh, left in the part where you could like go to a Thebe- Thebes, well, wherever, whatever part of the town is in the Olympus area. That may- maybe I'll luck out and get to go there. If I do, you know, just just remember remember this podcast remember it all started here and that that'll be that'll be the day we all get famous guys anyway <laughs> moving on so anyway for you new folks kingdom hearts union is part of the podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom hearts union and is presented by the gaming union network we release every tuesday rotating each week with final fantasy union and we come out on the itunes store kingdom hearts union.com and kingdom hearts kingdom hearts unions twitter which is at kh union we have a two-segment show today. We got news and we got questions. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Our Patreon executive producers are as follows. We've got Blue Machine, who's at Blue Machine on Twitter. Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J. Lewis James. Keith Field, at who's at The Mighty Keith. Nahika Blaui, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson. Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero. Mike Chris Morales, Ishbel Ayala, who's at Red Veppers, Eric Decker, who's at Chaco Taco, Vita Nidas, Michael Graham, Rob Porter, who's at Squirty Birdie One, Thorn Bullen, who's at Massacre Twenty Three, Tobias Cappy, who's at the Tobias Keppy, Zach Duranto, who's at Z Duranto Fifty Eight, Tori Patrick, Chris Pope, who's at Doctor Pop One Eighty One, Michael uh, Miles Ribbons. Mohamed Koyab, 
David Calro, Rachel Casterton, who's at Orba Yoon Ray, Mike Shirley Donnelly, who's at Curious Quail, Zelda Clone, who's at Apes Type Novels, and Darren Matthews, who's at Doomster73. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And in the way of the deep dive stream, our next deep dive stream will be on October 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time-ish. <laughs> Depends on when I actually get started. Uh, oh, by the way, you know, you can catch the deep dive stream, you know, every two weeks. Twitch TV slash Union. We're going through Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. We made excellent progress in Aqua Story. We went from zero, from nothing. We started Aqua Story and we went all the way through uh, all of the stuff uh, with, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Radiant Garden. So that was like four worlds right there. That's quite a bit. And in total, there's about eight, something like that. There's about eight. So we did a good job. Next episode, we'll see how far, <laughs> next time, we'll see how far we can get. We'll do, we're definitely going through Disney Town, Deep Space, and Olympus Coliseum. Definitely those three. We'll see if we can get any more. I don't know how how much farther we'd go from that other than, like, just beat it. But, like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. So, you know, to pace it more properly, what I'm thinking is is we could possibly, not not making promises, but we could possibly do the three Disney worlds that I mentioned and then maybe the Peter Pan one. And then for the next stream after that that'll be the third stream of aqua maybe we can do everything like the 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 just remain uh, the complete remainder of what is left of birth by sleep i don't know if that's like feasible i'll have to look into it but that sounds i don't know just thinking about it it sounds like it could be possible like because what i'm thinking is is so we do four worlds you know, basically finish finish off the Disney World's next stream. And then in the last stream, especially if I, like, grind a bit and kind of, like, get Aqua to a place where, like, we're kind of good to go to just finish the game right away. If I can get her there, then I think we could stand a chance to get through, like, the final episode and the secret episode. You know, so long as... Like, yeah, I think, I think the big key, the big critical... <laughs> key that would make that possible is i'm gonna have to make sure that between next stream and the quote-unquote final stream i need to get aqua to the right level that she needs to be to finish the game and also if at all if at all possible like get any like really important abilities that she might need to, to beat the game like Basically, what I'm trying to say is, I need to make Aqua OP, <laughs> like overpowered as as butts. So there is no way in heck that neither Zigbar nor whoever I fight is gonna kick my butt. Basically, I need to make it so I beat everybody no matter what. So that's that's the goal for the in between between next stream and then the stream after that. And then if that's possible, then you know going by the schedule. So that's gonna be. So October 26th, that would be this stream, and then the next stream would be uh, November 9th, 
So if we can do that, then by the 23rd of November, we're watching Recoded. And then, yeah, starting December 7th, we're getting on with Dream Drop Distance. And then my goal would be to finish up Dream Drop Distance during winter break. And then, yeah, just like uh, like January, probably have a couple of streams in there. And that'll be just cleaning up whatever, you know, 0.2, for example, uh, back cover. I don't look guys. It's going to get dicey, but I think we're going to be able to get through everything in advance. Just bear with me, but I think I think it's going to be possible. Please keep watching the stream. Keep please keep supporting us. You know, the the best thing you you can do if at all possible when we do tweet out that we're going live, please please retweet us. That would be greatly appreciated. Tell your friends as we go on this big journey. I'm hoping people will at least join a lot for the Dream Drop Distance stream. I will say, like, just going through all of these games, I would say Birth by Sleep and and Dream Drop Distance, personally, to me, feel like they're going to be the most important ones that people need to be brushing up on. So I hope I hope you guys can definitely join us for what will become the most important streams. I would say definitely, if you're going to be a part of any stream, like... <laughs> You know, please be involved with all of them. But, like, I would say definitely starting with the October 9th stream, we're pretty much just going to be having, like, really story-critical stuff from here on out. Because it's going to be, like, what, the end of Birth by Sleep, all of Dream Drop Distance, Recoded, you know, which I, I say somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but there's actually a lot of stuff that's been kind of important through that. And we'll be talking more about that a little bit, at least, in the news, so... Yeah, so that'll be the deep dive stream, so please be there or be Square Enix. Okay, moving on to the news. By the way, just heads up, a uh, little bit of a Japan life update. Um, it's getting pretty cold, so if you hear at all any buzzing in the background that sounds like air moving or whatever, I got the heater turned on. I would love to turn it off. I usually do for for, for podcasts, but if I don't, I'm going to freeze like and, and turn into a popsicle. So, um, you know, just bear with me. Unfortunately, Japan does not do insulation in buildings. It's just not a thing. Or at least the insulation they do is uh, not sufficient. <laughs> or at least not to the standards of me being an American and what we have in America as far as insulation goes. I don't know if it's through willing disobedience or through uh, ignorance that they don't do it. I think it's willing disobedience. <laughs> I think they're willingly rejecting insulation i heard that most i heard that people were saying like that the reason that there's not really any insulation might be for safety like if there's a like a an earthquake and like walls fell down and you gotta like extract people from rubble and stuff like that like if there's no insulation in the walls it'll at least make the walls lighter that's that's my guess i'm gonna go with that so anyway moving on to the news so we've got a lot, I, I guess probably one of the biggest news pieces, you, you may have seen it, but there have been a lot of screenshots and scans and renders that have been released from the Olympus, I, I, I hesitate to call it Olympus Coliseum because it's not called Olympus Coliseum, but what we previously thought of to be the Olympus Coliseum world, turns out that world is actually simply called Olympus. 
What? That's a new that's a new uh, naming convention. This is the first time that the Hercules world has been called simply Olympus. And if you think about it, as far as what we know about it, that's kind of the deal is that for once in our, you know, experience with Hercules, we're going to Mount Olympus. We're going to the town beneath it. We're going to explore the whole thing, climb to the top of Mount Olympus. It's great. And uh, if you uh, check out the logo, it's actually really, really beautiful. Like mountain is center, center showcase of it. I'm, I'm guessing we'll probably also have the Coliseum in there. I, I can't wait to see like, so once we get to the the peak of Mount Olympus, I want to see how Olympus Coliseum fits in with all of this because we never really got to see too much of a connection between Olympus and or Olympus Coliseum and then any other part of Olympus. The only real connection that we've ever seen was uh, in Kingdom Hearts 2, we saw this like mystical staircase that went all the way down to the underworld. And then also in Birth by Sleep, we got to see like a very truncated version, which took you straight to the, 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 the regular town underneath uh, with, with not too much fanfare at all. Like there's not much to it. So can't wait to see a more fleshed out version of this where, you know, we actually get to climb the mountain and all that. It's going to be great. So that's really cool. One thing that I will make note of just a, I guess it's an artistic choice, but in the Olympus uh, logo, so it's a logo that is of the mountain itself. And then there's clouds covering like about, you know, two thirds of the way up. And then on top of it, you can see, you know, the, 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 the land of the gods, the Greek gods and like all these like structures that are built out of clouds and stuff like that. And then you see the peak of Mount Olympus, but it's like offset to the right. And that just really messes with my head. Cause it's like, wait, so we're climbing the mountain and the mountains in the center why is the peak off to the right when it's above the clouds? So please, just if you have a chance, look up the Kingdom Hearts 3 Olympus logo and see if you can make heads or tails of it. <laughs> I can't. Anyway, moving on from there. Uh, so uh, nice thing in this uh, press packet that we've seen is that we've got lots of character renders and it's actually our first time seeing certain characters. So, for example, this is our first time seeing Zeus. And this is Zeus's first time in a Kingdom Hearts game. Uh, just going to say he looks a little weird. Not the only one saying that. Uh, I think it is a simultaneous uh, issue between both the model and the lighting. So, hopefully, you know, there's still a lot of time. They're still polishing it up. We got until, you know, January. So, we'll see how that goes. I'd say overall, looks really good. Zeus, a little weird. Moving from there, we also see Meg or Megara for the first time. She looks great. We got Phil, Pegasus. Pegasus looks good. I would say the only thing that i not a huge fan of is how his wings look. They're a little flat, which I don't know. It's a hard balance. You got to figure out like how to make it work with the new model and working with 
you know, the fact that, hey, this is originally from a flat, an inherently flat media because it was a 2D animated film. So I hope they can brush up uh, Pegasus model, especially in the wing area, make it a little bit less flat looking. Uh, we also get like several shots of Hades and uh, both uh, Phil or not, not Phil, Pete and Maleficent. So looks like a lot. Personally, I kind of wish I didn't see any of these screenshots as cool as they are. Uh, I kind of wish they would save save this for the like game itself because it seems like they've shown a lot of Olympus. But uh, other than that, like, hey, looks good. Looks like it's shaping up. Can't wait to play it. Um, I think it's pretty neat because it like it kind of gives you an idea at the just the the raw scale of what this world is all about, and it makes me think like, man, how big are these worlds going to be? Like they keep saying like, you know, yeah, we're not going to have as many worlds as we usually do for a Kingdom Hearts game, but don't worry because like the worlds that we do have, they're all going to be like really really big and like three times bigger than you're used to, and I'm just like dang like and just looking at these screenshots and the the very wide breadth of content that it covers like man i kind of get it like it it seems like there's quite a bit to it like you know for the longest time all we saw of it was rock titan and then like suddenly it's like well there's rock titan and then there's all the other titans and like you know, at some point we're probably going to fight Hades also. And like, man, it's just like so much. Uh, I commented on it back when we were uh, doing the Kingdom Hearts 2 playthrough, but man, like e- even in Kingdom Hearts 2, Olympus was quite big, but not only does this Kingdom Hearts 3 Olympus seem big, but it also seems quite epic. And it kind of like, it goes to show that man, this is the type of thing that we've been waiting for. You know, we've said it several times that, like, it it does suck that we've had to wait this long for Kingdom Hearts 3, but it is refreshing to know that the Kingdom Hearts 3 that they're making with the technology that they have now is a Kingdom Hearts that they only could have made now with the technology that is currently available now. And had we gotten a Kingdom Hearts 3 prior to this, it would not have been as technologically advanced or as, you know, large a scope. But looking at this, it's like several Titans, you know, you know, you're going to be fighting these guys. And it's like, man, it's like not and not just like one Titan, but like it, it seems like perhaps even three Titans at once. Got the ice titan, the the wind titan, and the lava titan all like at once. Like, is that how it's gonna work? Like, who knows? Like, that just sounds crazy. And uh, you know, just going off of a pre prior Square Enix game, namely Final Fantasy Fifteen, that didn't really start with much of a bang, so to speak. Like looking at Kingdom Hearts three, it's just like man, I I, I get why Nomura decided to start with with Hercules, you know, there's definitely like a big aspect of Hercules story that has been, I'm assuming purposefully been skipped over constantly. And, you know, Hercules ends with this like massive epic fight with all these Titans. And it's like, you know what? I kind of get that. I get that that would have been a big pain in the butt to do on older consoles, but now we've got, you know, really great tech. And not only can we do it, but 
man, we can do it with style for sure. You know, like can't wait to see what that's like. So, and yeah. And and the fact that it's going to be like more or less the opening of the game, I can't wait to see how that all like fits in. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how it all works together, especially like I, I, I still like for me, the thing that I can't wrap my head around is how does the game go from opening movie to whatever the tutorial is, which I think is still Twilight Town. How does it go from that to that to, okay, now we're at Olympus. Like, what's that flow like? And I'm asking that question, but it's more of a hi- more of a uh, hypothetical question. I don't want that answered. I want that saved for when I play the game for the first time. Like, that's, that is a mystery I don't need resolved until I get the game. That is something I want to play, but I'm just saying, you know, that that's what's going through my head right now. So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that aspect of the, uh, press, uh, press content that has been revealed recently. Uh, in addition to that, there's been a lot of stuff, uh, shown from Twilight Town. Got several renders of the, uh, I, I don't know what you would even call them, like Hainer, Pence, and Olette, that trio. Got renders of them. Several shots of them outside of the mansion, inside the data center of the mansion, you know, the underground part, you know, with Pence on his computer. What a nerd. Uh, speaking of nerds, we also got several shots of Zexion in Radiant Garden at the computer over there. Um, uh, we actually get to see uh, that area from a different angle, so you actually can see into the Heartless factory. And it, it looks okay. Uh, it seems like the lights are off in there, <laughs> maybe intentionally, so as not to like show all all like five bajillion of those little heartless pods, which is kind of sad. I wish uh, I I hope they'll change the lighting in there so it'll be a little bit cooler. I don't care how they have to do it; they gotta pre-render it somehow, like make it happen. That is one of my favorite rooms in all of Kingdom Hearts. Please don't do it wrong. Uh, another thing that I I was sort of thinking of is like. So that is the underground of Radiant Garden. I would love to go to the castle that's at Radiant Garden right now. Because it's been a long time since we've been to Hollow Bastion's castle. And the castle in Radiant Garden is there. But in Kingdom Hearts 2, we just never really entered it. We just sort of like went around the back and then went to the underground part so we could go to the, you know, Ansem computer room. But... It seems like the castle's still there, so, like, I wonder how much is still there. I wonder how much is a part of that dark castle that's in Radiant Garden, or outside of the garden. The one that Maleficent was sort of, like, at with Pete. Look, (laughs) there's just something very strange about the way Kingdom Hearts 2 redesigned Hollow Bastion. I really do not understand the whole idea between the two castles. I get the idea that it's like, all right, the the main crux of the story there was that there was going to be a big Heartless battle, and they did have that. And, like, I mean, the Heartless got to come from somewhere, so might as well have two castles. So it's like, you know, a big war, and then there's two castles that are, you know, effectively at war, at odds. Okay, I get that. But, like, logistically... Why, why, so I guess what I always understood it to be was that 
So the Hall of Bastion Restoration Committee, right? In their process of restoring Radiant Garden, they literally are ripping off all the pieces from the castle and the town or whatever that is the gross, disgusting pipes of darkness and whatever. Anything that was part of the, the dark stuff, I guess. Ripping that off and then they basically chucked it a few miles away. <laughs> Yet somehow when they went and chucked it over there, they chucked it and let it land in the form of a castle and just was like, all right. I mean, you know, we were kind of dismantling this to sort of like, you know, stick stick it to the man, the man being Ansem, the guy that ruled over this land with with an iron fist and abused it with his darkness and whatever. And, you know, we ripped off all this stuff to like, forget about him. Let's, let's, let's leave the stuff that we ripped off as a big old eyesore on (laughs) the horizon. And yeah, sure. It's totally fine. If it takes the form of a castle, you know, a form of power. And it's a constant reminder of (laughs) the scars. We might still have. Look, I don't get it. I don't think Namora will ever explain it. This is just one of those things that just doesn't get explained. Like, I know Kingdom Hearts is a very complicated series. Like, just with the stuff that's on the surface. You know, just the the bare minimum of the plot. That's complex. The story's complex. The character relationships are complex. I get that. I've moved past that. I've been living as a, King, a Kingdom Hearts fan for many a time, a long, a lo- many, many years. I have emotionally moved past that. I have not emotionally moved past why the hell did they construct a symbol of power <laughs> that relates to some guy that was really evil to them in the past off in the distance somewhere where they can always see it as a reminder why did they do that (laughs) that just doesn't make sense to me anyway moving on kingdom hearts 3 has finally received an esrb rating of e10 plus it received this rating for the following pieces of uh, objectionable material it has one count of alcohol reference and one count fantasy violence. That's it. Oh, well, it's not so bad. So yeah, so we got alcohol reference. I'm assuming that's probably because of the Pirates of the Caribbean world. Pirates of the Caribbean tends to get Kingdom Hearts in in a lot of trouble. <laughs> we'll just like leave it at that. Pretty much. That being said. Kingdom Hearts 2 got dinged for a lot more than uh, King- Kingdom Hearts 3 seemed to have got dinged for. I remember Kingdom Hearts 2, it got dinged for actually having alcohol, for one. Like, showing alcohol. Like, there there was a character that quote-unquote drank alcohol in it. Um, like, like a popped open a bottle of wine and started drinking it. Um, and there was also the issue of blood, where, you know... So, so okay, okay, first. So, so the, the whole deal with the wine... That's uh, Captain Barbosa. You know, he turns into the skeleton and then he uh, uncorks the bottle of wine and then, like, uh, 
sends it dripping down his throat but then like you see that he can't actually drink it because he's a skeleton and it's just sort of like pours over his rib cage and you know that comes straight straight from the movie itself they're just copy copying a scene from the movie uh they also had the whole deal with the blood where uh elizabeth gets her hand cut and she has to clench the the aztec gold coin and then there's blood covering the gold coin again another plot point from the movie so i'm guessing there might be since since uh, what they say here as the uh, descriptor in the ESR, ESRB rating, it says it's just an alcohol reference. So I'm I'm guessing at you know at some point a pirate probably mentions rum, which come on, that's like a that's such a pirate thing. So not surprising at all. You know, I'm guessing there's just no point where they actually like drink the alcohol. They just might be like, hey man, once we get them, we're gonna have some rum and women and whatever you know something like that uh, and then fantasy violence i mean come on this is kingdom hearts what do you expect <laughs> that's the whole series the, the whole game is about a, a kid w- w- whacking things with a, a magic sword so come on that's what that's what you can get so no, nothing out of the ordinary but uh, if any of you were expecting anything different from an e10 plus rating sorry that's what it is that's what it'll always be you know when you have disney characters that's just what it's going to be. You're going to get e- E10 plus is the max period. The end actually recently. I haven't seen too many like e- games rated E that are just rated E. And in fact, there's not even that many games that I've seen that are rated E10 plus either. But uh, yeah, like if there is anything with kind of an E rating, it's always kind of an E10 plus rating. I've noticed these days. So interesting. So anyway, uh, moving on from there, I just want to throw out a spoiler warning. I know we don't typically talk about uh, spoilers from Kingdom Hearts Union Cross, but just as a blanket statement right now, you know, we've said it in the past, but Kingdom Hearts Union Cross spoilers are fair game. We are going to talk about stuff that is very current as in like it just released and isn't released in the in the english version so just fair warning i'm going to talk about that stuff right now so if you want to ditch uh you know i'm only going to talk about it i'm going to keep my eye on the timer of the podcast recording so starting now or not now not now okay so for for the I promise I will finish talking about whatever I'm going to talk about in five minutes. Okay, so I'm going to give myself five minutes starting now. All right, everybody gone. We cool to talk about Kingdom Hearts Union Cross spoilers. I got five minutes. Okay, so there's a big story update in the Japanese version involving Maleficent and some dark character, and the main thing was discussing her the nature of her character and the nature of her world, uh, the enchanted dominion. I believe that's what it is. Good gracious. I don't have that much time, but anyway, so the whole deal with it was that, uh, in her storyline, it's revealed by this character from the darkness. Most people say it's there it's revealed that. So in the past, when the kids go back and recreate the worlds, they they are told in the book of prophecies 
that they are to cre- recreate all the worlds except for Enchanted Dominion. They are given explicit guidelines to not recreate Enchanted Dominion in the real world because Maleficent becomes uh, comes to know about the nature of time travel. She learns about it. So... And and the whole deal is that you can only time travel back to a place once you've lost your heart. You can only time travel back to a point where you still existed. So they basically trapped her by making it so that Enchanted Dominion, after the original Keyblade War, Enchanted Dominion was never properly recreated as a real world. And it was always kept as a quote-unquote storybook world. So... What that ends up meaning is every time we went to Enchanted Dominion and Birth by Sleep, it wasn't a real world? How did that work? I don't know. That's not clear. Uh, also, what time did Maleficent even lose her heart? Oh, th- they tell you. It- it's in Kingdom Hearts 1 where Riku stabs her when it's, you know, Ansem Riku, and she he-, he stabs her in the heart with the weird dark keyblade. So that's the whole deal. She She's got time travel powers, but she's trapped because she can only time travel back to a fake world. And that's how they make it so Maleficent can't mess with the past. Because otherwise it would be uh, not great. Um, so yeah. The character that is telling her all this refers to himself as Darkness. Himself, herself, we don't know. Um, not sure who that is properly. Everybody says it's Zehanort. I'm not sure. He didn't say. I guess we'll find out in the future. And now I'm realizing, oh hey, I still have time. So let's uh let's talk about more spoilers. So yeah, Maleficent, she could time travel, and oh yeah, so all of this takes place in uh the Enchanted Dominion storyline. I just find it so funny how they just can randomly take a storyline and suddenly turn on the canon, like the canonness of the storyline, just at, at in, as you know, like a flip of a coin, and just instantly, all right canon starts now we could just start talking about all this stuff again no problem and they just get going on with it so i think that's pretty cool so yeah i guess my main thing that i'm gonna want to know before i feel like i understand this stuff is is i want them to explain how the heck do does this work in with birth by sleep how does that relate so if they can make that work for me i think this is cool all right so Starting now, we are back in non-spoiler mode. We are back in non-spoiler mode. It is safe to come back. I I think it's been five minutes. So we are back non-spoiler mode. We discussed all the the plot stuff. Uh, I guess the the non-spoiler version of the plot stuff is, wow, that's an interesting way to just start talking about new stuff instantly. And yeah, that really confuses my understanding of certain games in the Kingdom Hearts series. Interesting. That's all I'll say. So that pretty much wraps up our news for today. Moving on to our question segment. Our first question comes from Jesse Fung. And they ask, I noticed that the Kingdom Hearts Union Cross Global version has never gotten Nightmare Before Christmas content, even though Japan does. Do you think we won't see another? Do you think we won't see a, another new night before Nightmare Before Christmas world in a Kingdom Hearts game? So that's a good question. 
So yeah, apparently like the licensing for Nightmare Before Christmas is quite complicated and it, I guess it's set up in such a way where uh in Japan, I guess Disney has a lot more control over Nightmare Before Christmas, I guess you know in, in terms of like perhaps distribution. Uh in America, I guess it's tied up with I believe Touchstone Pictures has some ties with Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, whoever whoever it is, basically the whole deal is that um, the the whole the whole setup with the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas was that you know it's it was kind of a partnership in a way between Disney and yeah so I so I so I have it right here. So in terms of uh, production, production on Nightmare Before Christmas was handled by Touchstone Touchstone Pictures. Skellington Productions and Skellington Production w- was a company that was a joint venture between Walt Disney Feature Animation and directors Henry Selleck and Tim Burton, and it was distributed by Buena Vista Pictures. So distribution for the movie was handled by Disney, that's Buena Vista, Skele- and then production was handled by Touchstone and Skellington Pictures. But wait, Touchstone... Touchstone's Pictures is an American film distribution label of Walt Disney Studios. Okay, so that's a lot more complicated. So maybe the skeleton, Skellington Productions aspect was the problem. Maybe Tim Burton slash Henry Selleck. Maybe they're the uh, stick in the muds <laughs> when it comes to this movie. But regardless, the whole point of it is there's licensing issues. And specifically, they have a lot more problems with this sort of stuff when it comes to releasing it in uh north america so what's my opinion on it limiting nightmare for christmas from returning as a kingdom hearts world well i do have a few reasons to believe that you know we're probably just not gonna see nightmare for christmas again for one they pretty much covered all the story from the movie in the first place so there's really not that much of a reason to go back in that case um also, it seems like Nomura's kind of done with most movies from prior games. Um, at least as far as we can tell, like, the the Hercules world was kind of... Or at least with Kingdom Hearts 3, like, Nomura was very clear that, you know, this is the only world that is going to be from an older game. And, you know, that's kind of it. And it seemed like he was just kind of ready to move on with movies. So I would take that as meaning... Yeah, he's he's probably done. He probably won't be going back to Nightmare Before Christmas. Also, Nightmare Before Christmas appeared in many Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, I am, uh, of course, you know, disappointed. You know, it would have been nice to see Nightmare Before Christmas in uh, the Unreal Engine, you know, four style. I think, you know, out of all the worlds from prior games, I think Nightmare Before Christmas would have been one of the best to be a part of Kingdom Hearts three because, you know. You know, I've said in the past where, you know, like Kingdom Hearts 3, because it was moving to Unreal Engine 4, it was destined to have these CG movies. And the CG movies were destined to wait for a game like Kingdom Hearts 3 to have an engine with the the kind of lighting features and shading features that Unreal Engine has. Like, those games were destined for that. I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas is kind of the same kind of a thing. You know, prior games... Uh, dealt mostly in 2D films, but because 
Nightmare Before Christmas is actually a stop motion film and, you know, stop motion, you know, those are films that are done by, you know, taking photos of real world puppets. They're lit by real light and real, they have real shadows and real reflections and real, you know, more or less real special effects. So if you get what I'm meaning, like Nightmare Before Christmas is definitely one of those films that would stand to look really dang good in Unreal Engine 4. Uh, kind of, and one of my personal, uh, things that I had always wanted was them to try, uh, to match the animation style a little bit more. Uh, one thing that I have always been like a little bit let down by when it comes to Kingdom Hearts and its interpretation of A Nightmare Before Christmas is that Kingdom Hearts' animation for the Nightmare Before Christmas world, specifically in the faces, I don't know if maybe they experimented it with it and it just didn't really work, but it's way too smooth. You know, Nightmare Before Christmas, especially in the facial animation, the way they did it, it was pretty neat. Uh, if you ever look at the uh, behind the scenes on the movie. So for every character, they made several copies of all the heads. And, you know, in, in various different poses so that when they actually had to animate the characters moving their lips, all they would be, all they would really do is like swap out the heads. And that's why they've got kind of a kind of a a, a choppy motion to their mouth movements, because th- there's only so many heads they can make. So it's kind of limited frame rate. I think they also did have a little bit of wiggle room there so they could animate some in between keyframes with that. But more or less, that's basically how the animations were done. They were done by swapping heads. So having something like that where the characters' like uh, facial poses are more fixed and you know always repeated, and you know uh, they, they sort of jump from one pose to another very quickly in kind of a choppy way. I think that would make it mo- look more like a stop motion film, and I kind of would really like that i think in terms of like how your movement is through the world i wouldn't want that to be choppy because that's going to affect gameplay but i think at least for cutscenes, they could endeavor to you know play around more with the timing of the animation to make it more uh to, to make it less smooth and feel more like it is actual stop motion animation so that's definitely something that could be done uh, nice thing about 3D animation, as opposed to stop motion, if they if they wanted to get that kind of a, an effect with 3D, they wouldn't have to uh, create a bunch of random different head poses. Oh, well, actually, you know what? They probably already are. Uh, well, so <laughs> just to, just to let you know how uh, to, uh, 3D animation is handled in you know proper CG animation, uh, there's a few ways that you can do head animation i'm not sure how kingdom hearts does theirs but there's two main styles of uh facial animation for 3d there's one that's bone based where there are bones set up in the face and you you just pose it that way there's another way that's called blend shape base which is similar to the technique that i described with nightmare before christmas where they basically sculpt several different versions of the character's head uh but in the case of 3d they're sculpting all these different versions of the head and then smoothly blending between them. And that's how they can get really smooth animation. So if they used the blend shapes, for example, 
again, not sure if they use blend shapes for Kingdom Hearts. The one downside of blend shapes is they can be a little bit um, uh, expensive in terms of processing, especially for real-time uh, animation. But if they are using blend shapes, they could just skip out on most of the in-between animation, and that would help make it more framey and make it maybe feel more like stop motion. So if it's if they've already got those, that's what they could do. Uh, if they're bone based instead, what they could do is just, you know, again, eliminate animating keyframe or animating in between frames between uh, major key poses. So both ways they could do it. Again, just my personal preference. Uh, you know, if anything, it's trying to go for less to capture that look, and I think that would have been pretty interesting. So that's just my personal vision for how I would want. A Nightmare for Christmas world to look like. Not sure if they'll ever get to it. Personally, I feel it's not. And again, just to uh, get back to your question as to why, um, yeah, it's it's mostly due to a, a licensing issue that apparently with Japan, it's not as bad to get that stuff licensed. But apparently in America, it is a little bit more of a rigmarole to get that stuff licensed. So, you know, it's kind of the same thing with Tarzan. Why haven't we seen Tarzan? Again, you know, Tarzan also, from what I understand, there are no Tarzan medals in Union Cross at all. And there probably won't be. And it's because licensing issues. So anyway, moving on from there, we've got a question from Joseph Robertson. And they ask, with the focus on data in some areas of Kingdom Hearts 3, do you think we'll get data battles again in a world like the Mirage Arena, perhaps? Uh, a cool thing, uh, A cool thing could have been... Okay, a cool thing could ha- be having previous bosses appear or being able to take on Kingdom Hearts 3 bosses or previous bosses with different characters or stipulations. So so I'm guessing uh, what you're meaning here is like being able to take on older bosses, perhaps ones that are in Kingdom Hearts 3 and perhaps ones that aren't in Kingdom Hearts 3, and then maybe also adding some challenges to it for, I guess, one example could be like Sora only or, you know, this boss is level 99 or, you know, so- something along those lines, you know, kind of like, I guess like kind of like the stipulations that they had in the Coliseum in like, uh, like Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, maybe, maybe something along those lines. That's just what I'm guessing based on what you're giving me here. Um, and maybe a playable deep dive could be included with that. All right. It, it, you say no more. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i need to hear but i don't think there's any demand for that hey there there is there is it's right here i want that that's all i need that's definitely one way that uh, a playable deep dive could be handled yeah a data a data version of it i could definitely see that i could also see you know just uh going off with this a little bit i could also see another way that a scene like deep dive and a, a scene similar as similar to these um i could see how they could be also incorporated into the main story uh one way that i was thinking is let's say hypothetically during the final boss fight what if they had a boss rush that took sora through various major battles from prior games and just for you know not not maybe not full-on boss fights you know at least in the story mode maybe not full-on boss fights that are really crazy ridiculous but like 
maybe just one health bar of each boss fight for, you know, I, I'm guessing 13 bosses or 13 battles from the Kingdom Hearts series where you're maybe fighting uh, Zehanord or, you know, wh- whatever big battles from the Kingdom Hearts series. I'm trying to make it so <laughs> Deep Dive could also fit into this. But, you know, maybe you start out with fighting Ansem and it's from Kingdom Hearts 1 or you fight him and maybe he's like in the Hollow Bastion area. I don't know. And then once you've killed, once you've killed the first boss, then it switches to the next boss and you fight them in their area. And once you've made it through their full health bar, you keep going, keep going, keep going. So maybe that's the story version of that encounter, of those encounters. But perhaps in, you know, like what you're describing, kind of like a Mirage Arena, a data version, maybe those encounters could be fleshed out into full on boss fights, you know, with, you know, uh, with more, uh, maybe more abilities that, you know, will trigger as, as you get further down their health bars, for example, you know, and maybe what we experience in the main story is just like, you know, quick, 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 you know, just get through a health bar and move on to the next one. And it's mostly just for the experience for the story of it. So I, I could see that as being a, a cool thing. And hey, you know, having, having something like a Mirage Arena where, it doesn't take much to set up a battle to to make to just add it in and have it have you know not too much story context just make it work that's that sounds cool to me uh one way that i think would be really interesting to give it just a little bit more like teeth a little bit more relation to the story uh cuz i'm thinking back to the mirage arena in birth by sleep and the one thing that i don't like about it is that it really is just there. And there are a couple of fights in it. You know, I'm talking like No Heart or the Mysterious Figure where they really just don't have any story context to set them up. It would be kind of neat if similar to like the Winnie the Pooh uh, torn pages where you just find them throughout the worlds that you travel to. It'd be pretty cool if maybe you found a torn page and that would unlock one of these encounters. Um, again, it, it could be an encounter that maybe it only unlocks once you get to the end of the game. And, you know, once you've found this torn page, maybe it's, maybe it's meaningless when you first get it. it maybe it doesn't have much meaning when, once you first get it, but perhaps, you know, kind of like in, kingdom hearts 2 final mix where there's the cavern of remembrance and you can only get through the cavern of remembrance once you've maxed out all of your movement abilities and that sort that ensures that you've made it to the end of the game more or less and probably have experienced the the ending for one at least once possibly not not a requirement but you know maybe once you've got gotten the movement abilities you need you get to a certain area maybe a special computer somewhere and then you've got these data uh, these pages and then this computer can scan them for data and that just will add maybe a little bit more story context and you get to experience things from the past maybe some things that Sora experienced firsthand maybe these are uh, you know what maybe these are pages from the book of prophecies Ooh. Maybe you're finding torn pages from the Book of Prophecies. Maybe the Book of Prophecy, maybe one of the copies of the Book of Prophecies was like torn up and like various pages were scattered. And these are like things from Sora's, Sora's past, but maybe there's a few others, some secret pages, 
things that Sora never experienced. Dun, dun, dun. And maybe that will give you a little bit of insight into the future or insight to things that relate to Union Cross. I don't know. Things like that. I don't know. It could be anything. J- just some ideas. So, uh, yeah, I think that wraps up that question. And our last question comes from K Reigns. And they ask, assuming Kingdom Hearts 3 is a massive success... And Disney wanted to ad- adapt Kingdom Hearts into either a TV show or a movie. How would you want it done, and how close should it match the original? Well, I mean, if you think about it, didn't they kind of try to do that and then give up? I personally don't think Disney's going to do that. I don't think they're going to go down that rabbit hole. Not again, especially with Square Enix being, uh, you know, very much in charge of story stuff. Um, but I guess let, let's say hypothetically speaking, uh, there was going to be a TV show slash slash and or movie made of kingdom hearts, regardless of who would actually produce it. How close would I want it to be? How, how close would I want it to match the original? I think that's an, I, I think that is an interesting thought because there is a lot of story to kingdom hearts. Like, you know, would I want it to go back all the way to Kingdom Hearts 1 and start from the beginning? Like, my gut answer would be yes, but then I also think about it, it's like, man, Kingdom Hearts is really old. Like, do they really want to go back there? Maybe maybe a reboot's better. Maybe, like, don't don't adapt it. Start, start a new story. Maybe different character. I don't know. Like, maybe that would be better. Maybe go to the past. Maybe start with a, a character like a Union Cross character and, you know, one that has their own little adventure, maybe a femur story or something like that. I think at the end of the day, something like this would probably be most successful if it could be more of a standalone thing than something that is tied to an ongoing series. Uh, one thing that could do that is by covering Kingdom Hearts 1 story. Because you don't need to know anything to watch Kingdom Hearts 1's story. You can just go in and enjoy it. You know, Kingdom Hearts 1 is a standalone story. And I think that could fit into a, you know, kind of a two-hour experience. Or even a maybe 13-episode, you know, TV show. You know, it doesn't have to be long. Uh, But another way you could do that is by doing it with an original character, an original journey. I think both options are viable. So I guess it really depends mostly on what does Square Enix slash Disney want to do with the future of Kingdom Hearts? What what should the next property be, you know, in terms of the next big game? Because, you know, as far as the Kingdom Hearts series has been going, the main bread and butter are the games of Kingdom Hearts. You know, the, they drive the plot forward. They are the core of the franchise. So I, I guess, you know, whatever the next thing is, that's, probably going to be the thing that determines you know which route would be best a reboot or a remake so i think one of those would be best if you ask me which one i would want the most mm, i guess remake but i don't know i'm a big kingdom hearts fan so it's like (laughs) that's that's a pretty easy answer so uh yeah that wraps up our show for today our music for this episode is actually a cover of this is Halloween. This is Halloween. I thought it would be appropriate because, you know, this is the last episode before Halloween. Sorry we didn't do anything too, too special for Halloween, but we do have this cover of This is Halloween. Thankfully, 
This is Halloween is from a, a popular movie, so it's actually pretty easy to find lots of great covers of it. So this is a, a nice piano cover. This is a piano solo cover by uh, Simone? Simone? I'm not sure. I think it's a guy. Simone? Pioneri. Pioneri. So Simone Pioneri on YouTube. You can find him there. There's lots of covers, not just This is Halloween, but uh, yeah, definitely give him some love on YouTube. Our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Unit is scheduled for the 6th of November. In the event that I get to play Kingdom Hearts 3 between now and that episode, I'll definitely let you know on the next show, so wish me luck. As always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to us, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Unit, on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we are number one. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or Kingdom Hearts uh, Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. I keep wanting to say Kingdom Hearts Ultimania. That is a website that is The Walking Dead. <laughs> I think I think it's I think you can still go to, go to it. I, I never know if it's uh updated i think pete the original owner of the site i think he updated it for like last e3 but uh i think that was about it <laughs> the poor poor site it is the walking dead i miss it uh but yeah you can catch uh catch us on at kh union on twitter that is our twitter kingdom Hearts twitter and of course if you have any questions please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com and if you guys like the show please consider supporting us on patreon at patreon.com slash union. All right, guys. It is that goodbye time? It is that time again? It is goodbye time. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hopefully, we'll be able to get Churro and Sabby on the next show. Hopefully, I can also come to you bearing perhaps updated impressions of Kingdom Hearts Three. So, hopefully, I can enjoy the PlayStation Matsuri in Fukuoka on November fourth, I believe. Sounds right. So, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Have a happy and safe. Halloween? Maybe I should do it a little bit more creepy. Happy Halloween! Ho ho ho! That, that, that turned into a ho 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 at the end. That is a, a very appropriate Nightmare Before Christmas-esque Halloween greeting. So anyway, before this goes any crazier, I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. <laughs>